It's Divorce TV time and we have an expert interview with Jo O'Sullivan who is a very experienced lawyer and but she's doing the kind of lawyering that many of you will never have heard of, collaborative law and a form of mediation, hybrid mediation that I'm really keen to talk to her about. We have another shared story with Kimberly Owitz and a healing with Jen Edwards. So another special experience to end the show with. Let's find out what's going on in the news. The Law Society Gazette is talking about how the court dismisses 28 separate divorce petitions with identical wording. A family court judge has dismissed 28 divorce petitions from the same company after finding that particulars of behaviour were absolutely identical to each other. So obviously these uh, divorcing people have gone to this company, they've gone for unreasonable behaviour and uh, apparently their spouses all behaved exactly the same. So Mr Justice Moore declined to refer those responsible to the Director of Public Prosecutions but warned he would have no hesitation in doing so if there was any repeat. He also insisted that the judgment should be placed on the Bailey website to ensure that nobody else decides to do exactly the same as happened in this case. The 28 petitions were listed in open court after they were all referred by Deputy District Judge McCarty, the judge in day-to-day -day charge of the divorce unit at Bury St Edmunds. Moore Jay said it was quite impossible for each of the 28 respondents to have behaved in exactly the same way, but their particulars of behaviour were described identically, identically over some 145 words in each petition. As a result, he concluded that the petitions were improper. All 28 petitions were drafted by and filed by a company referred to as iDivorces. An unregulated provider added as an interested party. Its director, named as Mr Easton, accepted that the company used standard wording on each petition and sent it to each client asking them if there was anything in there that was wrong. The judge said it was tolerably clear that none of the petitioners made any amendment and he made clear this was not the correct way to proceed. Morjay added, it follows that I have no alternative but to dismiss all 28 of these divorce petitions. The petitioners will simply have to start again. I hope it will be possible for them to proceed relatively quickly. He had considered a reference to the DPP on the basis that it was potentially a crime of perverting the course of justice. It was noted that Eastham apologised in court, said it was a misunderstanding and confirmed this will never happen again. The judge concluded there would be insufficient public benefit in referring these cases as it would be disproportionate to do so. Indeed it would, especially as hopefully you won't have to do this from next April. According to Companies House, Matthew James Eastham was a director of Truro, Truro Company I Divorces Limited, but resigned in March 2017. There is a company trading as I Divorces based in Truro, which is owned by Action Credit Management Limited. Companies House lists the nature of its businesses, distilling, rectifying and blending of spirits and retail sale in non-specialised stores. This company has just one director listed as Wesley Michael Gorrell. So yeah, be careful where you get your, your advice from when it comes to divorcing. Uh, but basically, you can pretty much do it yourself. So um, I don't quite know what they were paying him for, if it's really as simple as just uh, filling out. Yeah. When you get to things like, um, you have still got till April, so unless you're going to wait, it is so important to get the, the wording right, because it's really tedious for those poor people to have to redo it all. But they perhaps should have read it through and uh, made a few changes. The Birmingham Mail is talking about Ryland Clark Neal, who tells the BBC to change his name amid a divorce from husband Dan. BBC Strictly Come Dancing presenter Ryan Clark Neal has told the BBC to call him just Rylan. The reports have emerged as the Essex presenter endures a tough personal period. Rylan is going through a marriage split with husband Dan. The pair have hosted ITV this morning together but are now going through a split. He, he thought it was best to have a fresh start and the easiest way to do that was to go back to just one name, a source told the Sun newspaper this week. He didn't want to make a big fuss just to change it on screen. 
Ryland, the supermarket suite presenter who also hosts It Takes Two, has returned to TV and radio after taking time away from the studios. Opening up to the sun, Ryland said, following reports about Dan and I spending time apart, I feel I have to speak out as the way it's being reported is unfair. I have made a number of mistakes which I deeply regret and have inevitably led to the breakdown of our marriage. Viewers have been delighted over the past few weeks to see Ryland resume some of his his usual presenting roles. Um, in the, I don't know how it is in the States, so please comment if you can can share. But uh, yeah, in the UK, it's very, very easy to change your name. You don't have to wait till you divorce. You can just do it by deed poll. It's not even very expensive to do it. Right, last story of the night is, uh, oh God, woman burns her wedding dress in wild post-divorce photo shoot. This is, this is in the New York Post. The article says, burn baby burn. A woman took matters into her own hands and set her wedding dress on fire in a divorce-themed photo shoot after the split with her ex-husband. Chrissy Blake, a nutritionist from Massachusetts, poured alcohol on her $1,400 gown and set it ablaze to celebrate her divorce. What do you think about that? I'll tell you what I think in a minute, but do feel free to express yourself in the comments. The 41-year-old claimed her ex-husband cheated on her six times throughout their relationship and three-year marriage, including once before they even walked down the aisle. Blake hired a photographer to snap photos as she swam through a lake, plus stomped on it and then torched her wedding dress. She decided to go through with the shoot after she saw other women online doing the same be very careful what you copy from social media she took this is the horrifying bit she took her children dominique 23 and Braden 6 along with her to the shoot site where they dragged the dress through the mud and soaked it in wine before burning it i saw a divorce photo shoot and i just couldn't believe it i had to do it she told kennedy news service i thought it would give me closure and be a big F you. It looks so much fun. That's such a great way to, uh, to, to talk about your marriage and, and you know, your children involved. I'm sorry, I'm really gobsmacked by this whole story. What else was I going to do with a wedding dress? Well, give it to a charity shop. That would be a start. Or just give it to someone who's getting married. I mean, I'm sure they would have been very happy to, to have it off you. I don't believe in selling them. Once they've been worn, my daughter wasn't going to want it, which she certainly isn't now, is she, says Blake. It was so satisfying. We absolutely destroyed that thing. We ripped it, got it in the water and burnt it. Blake said that she discovered her ex had flings with other women that ultimately led to them going to couples therapy before their September 2020 breakup. When she found out about a sixth woman, she'd had enough and decided to leave. Fair enough. Doing something like this brings closure does it and is a release but it doesn't mean you're being vindictive or vicious she said well tell that to the six-year-old it brings closure to the pain and freedom I don't want it in my closet looking at me when I open it reminding me of a mistake well that's that it, that bit's understandable that mistake it seems came up fairly early in their dating history says the article I received some messages from an ex about five months into the relationship I didn't believe it and I didn't think he was that person I just didn't believe anything that anybody was saying, Blake explained to Kennedy News Service. Unfortunately, things apparently heated up from there, and one year into their marriage, they went to counselling, but she said it didn't take. I would go on his phone and see him talking to other women, saying they were sleeping together, but I wouldn't contact the women because they didn't know about me because he'd lied to them, Blake shared. I just felt devastated. I married this man and started a family with him, Blake said. I'm not one to hold grudges. It was hard but it was a blessing. It's a very strange way to to, to express it as a blessing. Um, the bit that makes me cross about this, and feel free to disagree in the comments, is this is the newspaper, which is quite often what the newspapers do, uh, preying on a woman who's in a vulnerable emotional state. I very much doubt she got much closure from this and no regard at all for the effects you know dragging her children into it especially the six-year-old I think it's very very sad and I wonder how many of these journalists and newspaper editors will go on to have divorces of their own and, and it, it would be nice if some of them would have some kind of sense of responsibility when they're doing these stories I hope they paid her that's all I can say
and I'm now welcoming Joe O'Sullivan, who is a very, very experienced, not just a, you're not your ordinary lawyer, are you, Joe? I'd do anything but court, Susie. You know me, anything but court. That's it. And that, and it's very rare to find a lawyer who doesn't do court. And so I've always I've always quoted you, Joe, as one of those brave souls who've just you know, taken that plunge. Um, and it's not why I, what I'm really glad about you being on here is we're going to talk about two things that you do do that 99% of the people I talk to have no understand, no knowledge about. They don't even know it's there as an option. Uh, one is collaborative law. And the other one we had a great chat about the other day, which is hybrid mediation. But I wanted to start with collaborative because I think it's um, it's it's kept in the cupboard by the family law industry. It's it's not some it's something that unfortunately people often find about out about far too late. So they've all one of them's already got a relationship with a solicitor who isn't collaboratively changed. So it becomes quite complicated sometimes to, to swap over. But could you just give us a little example of maybe a recent uh, or not so recent, obviously, because you want to be confidential and it is very confidential. Obviously, that's another thing to bring up. So if you if you've got dirty linen and you don't want it in public, collaborative law, light mediation is a fabulous option. Uh, just tell us a little bit about what it actually is. Okay, well, I mean, put simply, it's the two lawyers working together, obliged to work together to help everybody, particularly the children, um, and to sort it out. I mean, really, that's it. It's a contractually contractually obliged to help not just my own client, but the other client. So if I notice that my my colleague has forgotten something for their own client, I will mention it. Um, if we're doing the drafting, uh, and they made a mistake that um, prejudices their client, I will say, hey, you don't want to say that. <laughs> you want to say that. Um, so it makes this a much less stressful experience for everybody, uh, the lawyers included, because I know that you know the other lawyers got my back. I've got theirs. Um, and that we're both really committed to, you know, first of all, the children, uh, and then, we, then we, we sort out what's best for the whole family. But most likely, the the couple themselves have got pretty good ideas. Um, so quite often our only problem is how to draft the legal documents to reflect these creative settlements that people come up with and that no judge would ever think of. And, and frank, frankly, neither would we, <laughs> because we don't know, every single case is different and we don't know what's important to this particular couple or the individuals within it. And that's really important, isn't it? That, that's a really nice point to bring up is that, that it's how, so empowering for the couple that they design their own divorce settlement with yeah. the legal support, lawyers sitting by their sides. Often when I uh, explain about collaborative law as an option to people and I say, you know, you're sitting there with one lawyer, your lawyer's there, their lawyer's there, mm -hmm. and you talk to each other over the table isn't that amazing? And they're like, wow. <laughs> and there's no <laughs> Friday night nasty letter to give you a stressful no. weekend. Um, there's no game playing. And it's just, it's completely, it's completely different. The training is very different, isn't it, from conventional? I know you have to be a conventional lawyer first. What were the things that you found that the most different? Uh, uh, it's not It's not like you just put a different hat on. It's a, a kind of different head almost, isn't it, to, to go yeah, into the no. law? It really is. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it used to be that you'd have to be three years qualified as a, as, a, as a solicitor or lawyer to train to be a collaborative practitioner, but that's now changed. So uh, as soon as you qualify now, you can do collaborative, which is really good because lots of those bad habits are picked up in those first few years uh, where you learn how to write letters, how to put your client's case, how to be positional, how to try to win, uh, which, of course, no one does. Um, well, unless someone's being unreasonable. But to, to go back to your question, I trained in 2006. Uh, and the first day I thought, oh, no, wow, I'm just going to get sued by my client. Oh, my goodness, how can I possibly do it like this? It just, I'm just going to be in trouble all the time. Um, and then day two, I thought, oh, my God, I can't do it any other way. What, why, why are we doing it another way? This is complete. I had this light bulb moment where I thought, Oh my goodness, everything I'm doing is damaging these families. Everything that I do is like a sledgehammer to this family forever. Um, it took me a little while to, it took me another four years to set up my own practice to be able to just do it all the time. Um, but uh, thank God, you know. What's your message? Because I've spoken to uh, 
family lawyers and who've said, oh, doesn't really work, collaborative. Uh, we can't make enough money. And, and, I, and I, I know from others that's just not true. But from a, a business yeah. perspective, what would you say to, especially those newly trained lawyers? So what, what a wonderful thing to go into rather than becoming um, traumatised by the family law system uh, to be able to get as quickly as possible into doing something in a healthier way. I think that's fabulous news that they can do that now. Mm. What would you say to those? Who who dismiss it as a as not as not something that law firms should really be bothering with? Yes, good point. I mean, I would say it's much it's much better for our well being. There's lots of talk about well being in the profession now. There haven't been hitherto, and and I think actually when you're working with a lawyer, another lawyer, what, rather than against them, or rather against the other person, you know, this is a this is a sort of team effort, um, and it's much better for me, you know. It, I'm a much happier person because I don't like this. Therefore, my clients are happy. They're not happy because they're going through this terrible time. Don't get me wrong. They're not delighted by it. Um, am I making as much money? Uh, yes. Um, but I can see if I was a law firm, when I'm trying to I'm trying to generate loads and loads of money to pay all my huge overheads, just imagine the rent on a London property, a London plush office, uh, and then all the profits you've got to give to those partners above. Um, there's lots of pressure to bring it, bring in a lot of money, and litigation, going to court does that. It's it's much more. It is more lucrative. You make more money doing it, uh, which means customers, are, you know, clients are paying an awful lot more for something they don't have to. Mm. But for a lot of people, uh, the kind of people I talk to regularly, and I'm sure you do too, uh, fifty thousand pounds plus by going to court. It, they can't really afford it. It comes out of the children, <laughs> what the children need and the assets. It's just, it's a, it's a catastrophe. But one yes. of the things I've found that, you know, collaborative law, I always recommend it, but it's something, if you can get in there early, then it's that's fabulous. But the problem that I come up again time and time, the challenge is that particularly with people who've got a very difficult spouse, where it's difficult to do the mediation um not impossible but it, it has added layers of complication shall we say mm. to and the the particularly if it's a narcissistic spouse they've already got their lawyer they're locked into that person mm. and we talked the other day and you have an answer to that problem don't you <laughs> and it's called I mean, hybrid mediation hybrid mediation I, I wouldn't count collaborative out with the difficult people no no oh no no i would say um, absolutely but it's 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 the timing can't get yeah. in there sometimes. Uh, because the other spouse may not want to let go of their solicitor who they've already engaged with. So it's about yes. to get, getting how yeah. early you can get in, really, to get the collaborative. That's but true. If you, Would, but the same. Answer two. Yeah. Sorry to shut up, Joe. I've been interrupting you. Um, <laughs> just, to, just, just to rewind, um, I do say to spouses, you know what, you, you could talk to your spouse to get another lawyer, to get another lawyer who does collaborative, who really wants to do it. And here's the list of people that are really good. Um, there's no impossible, even when they've got their lawyer yeah. but to answer your question the difficult case the narcissist the case that really is going to court um try you could try hybrid mediation um uh, you know we, we weren't sure you know what to call it um sometimes people call it supported uh, mediation because it means that your lawyers can be there all the time some of the time on the phone um and they're welcomed into the process it's particularly helpful where uh, perhaps uh, you've got the lawyer but your spouse doesn't um, and they're not engaging very well uh, with anything. They are sending loads of emails, costing you loads of money because, of course, every time you they email your your lawyer, you get charged for it. Um, this way, you've got them in the room with me, the mediator, looking after them um, in a neutral way, but helpful, giving lots of information. Um, and 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 your lawyer would be there um, to help you. Um, and I'm kind of going between everybody, uh, creating a conversation, making a settlement happen. Um, to explain it is a little bit different to a family, uh, family law model, uh, family law mediation model, and that's because uh, it, it has been criticised for not being as successful as it might be. And that's possibly because in family mediation, the mediator is not allowed to keep secrets, is not allowed to um, hold any information to themselves. Uh, whereas in this hybrid model, uh, where the, the civil and the family model merge, we can. So that means that that really puts me in a good position to help negotiations because I know something. 
the others don't know. But without giving it away, I can kind of nudge things in the direction to bring about a settlement. Um, maybe it, really for well. example, could it be that one of the 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 people divorcing one of the parties has told you, I've met someone else, but I don't, I just don't want to cause trouble by bringing that up. But that's why I'm really keen to, you know, it might explain some of the things that were well, reasons they want the settlement a certain way, um, but they don't want to say Ooh. the why yet. So th there could be situations like that, which uh, is, is that a, a an example of the kind of thing that might might happen that with the conventional mediator they would be going but please don't tell me because i'm not yes, allowed to have yeah. a secret i think i might do in this model as well um that's a really interesting question that throws in a sort of ethical grenade into our friday evening discussion um <laughs> what would i do that's no that's never happened actually i, I suppose it, it would have to come out because um one of the questions you get asked in the the documentation at the end is do you have a present intention to cohabit or remarry so they would have to say at some point yeah. that they were doing that. And actually, if it may it may not make a difference to the settlement. I don't know. It depends on circumstances. Sometimes it does. Um, and they hadn't said this, then really the whole thing could be set aside. So, so you know, I would be saying things like that. I would be saying that that's why it's important mm -hmm. that you do share that. And hey, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, um, and re yeah. reassuring them. But also you're helping get that piece of information across in a way that is less likely to land like a bombshell on the other person. Um, That's the hope. Yeah. yeah. That put itself in a bombshell <laughs> anyway, because they weren't expecting it. Um, so how, yeah. where, who else is doing this hybrid mediation? Because you're the first person now. I've met who, who's, who's actively doing it, that I'm aware of, so that's why I'm so excited well, it really, about it. Uh, it's really took off in lockdown. I'm not really sure why I trained before lockdown. Um, I'm not really, sh I, I, I'm not sure how many are now trained, but I would have thought coming up to 100, maybe more. Good. So it's not, uh, there's quite a few of us in Brighton um, and, and all over the country. So, you know, look out for it when you, if you're looking on lawyers' websites, uh, because I do think it's a, it's a really helpful way forward, particularly if there's a difficult, particularly difficult character, if mm -hmm. there is um, mental illness, possibly. If there's, um, you know, any kind of difficulty you can think of where actually mediation on your own without the support of your lawyer might not be relevant, might not be helpful. Mm. And also if you yourself, you know, if you're going into mediation and you know, actually I'm not sure I want to make that decision because my lawyer's not here. I really want my lawyer mm. here to ask about that, you know, contemporaneously. You know, right now I want to know the answer. And in this model, it's perfectly possible to do that. It's great. It's kind of a merging of collaborative with, in a, in a sense that you're getting the lawyers all together to sort things out and encouraging them to cut a deal, which is really their job is to help that couple cut a deal. But quite often those mm. solicitors don't have the training or the skill to actually do that. They have a, a mm. process that actually can slow that up enormously, but they've got you there to, to make that happen. So my last question is, how are the lawyers finding that experience, the ones who've engaged in that? They really like it. i tell you why, because it's a safe place for them because it's, it's all without prejudice, uh, meaning it's confidential. Um, they can, we can have separate meetings so they can really let me know what's going on um, and I can really look after them as well in this process. And this sounds a bit, um, they're not in charge. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge, Ooh, surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> and, and they quite like that because it's a relief actually, because they can come in, the three of us are having a, if there's two of them, I have a perfectly reasonable, uh, conversation, how are we going to help this couple out, how are we going to get where we need to go, I will say things like yeah, that's not very helpful, it's positional and yeah, I know you want the best of your plan but you're not going to get that, are you? You know, I could be quite <laughs> yeah. I could be quite straightforward, I'm quite a straightforward person mm. um, you know, probably going against some of my training but never mind, don't tell anybody, oh, I'm on television um, and, <laughs> um, and ultimately, you know, it, it's really helpful because uh, we narrow the issues uh, and, and settlement uh, comes out of it. And some mediators that and, and mediators don't have to have been a lawyer to be a good mediator. But but it sounds like to hold that space in hybrid mediation, it's probably a beneficial to have some very clear legal knowledge because uh, so you can call the bluff basically of of the lawyers in the room. I think that's a really good point, Susie. I mean, mediation's always been possible to have your your lawyers in the room with you and or the Zoom room. Um, 
but over time that stopped happening perhaps on the on the grounds of expense because obviously it's expensive to have them there but but also perhaps lots of mediators aren't lawyers and perhaps we're a bit worried or freaked out about having a lawyer there whereas i'm not i'm delighted when they're there i'm delighted to have them they're very welcome because they always help that you know well they're helpful because i tell them to be helpful but they're, they're helpful because <laughs> they, 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 they sometimes the clients forget what they what they wanted to say whereas their lawyers won't mm. Brilliant, brilliant. That sounds yeah. ideal. I'm really excited to uh, know more. And so you're going to put some information when I send you the links to where it all goes out. You'll pop links in so people can find out more. And I do Perfect. hope more more solicitors also look into this, not just people who are getting divorced. Thank you so much for coming to talk. And Thanks, I hope Susie. you come back another time. Thank you, Susie. Brilliant work. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. So hybrid mediation, have a think. You know, even if you've got a strong relationship with your lawyer, your spouse has, you may not be able to move into the collaborative process, but this would be uh, potentially a fantastic or, uh, alternative. Obviously, it's going to cost a bit more than just going to a mediator. That's always going to be the least expensive and often quickest way, but it depends on the situation you in, you're in and who you're divorcing. We're all almost at the end of the uh, Children's Bill of Rights. And this is a, a lovely one. I wanted to, this is number nine. This of course, is, these were created by Robert Emery, PhD, who wrote this as Professor of Psychology at the University of Virginia. So number nine is the right to have a life that is as close as possible to what it would have been if your parents stayed together. Now what, what could that mean? For example, I, I interpret that as sports clubs, parties, those kind of things that your child would do that might get in the way of spending time with mummy or daddy because um, suddenly the child can be kind of becomes the property of those parents as part of uh, what might have been quite a contentious battle to even get that time with that child. So this is quite, this could trigger some of you watching and please do feel free to comment uh, if especially if it does or if you think fair enough this is a good this is a good right for children to have and uh, the example that came to mind when I read with this was when my when I first became single with my three small children an amazing kindergarten teacher uh, she looked at me and said you know this whole co-parenting thing so we were trying really hard to make it work she said I've seen it work once I was like oh my god you know, how, how did they do it and she said, for example, the, the dad who lived miles and miles away, he had to drive for hours and he drove down to see one of the children, picked them up, drove them to a children's party, sat in the car, drove them back home and then drove all the way back home again because that was in his parenting spot and that's what the child was doing in, at that point. And I remember going, oh my goodness, that seemed quite extreme. But when you think about it, if you're together as a couple, that would be the most normal thing in the world. You take the child to the party, you take them home. You wouldn't go, no, this is my time with you. Um, and so it might seem a bit extreme, but I think it's a good way to think about it and just ask yourself when you're um, setting up time with the children, is it about your time with them or is it about just being there for them as if you were a normal parent and allowing the children to have, not give up on things just so they can spend time with one parent or another. And I know that can be challenging and that's not always going to work but do think about the children's right to have a life that is as close as possible to what it would have been if their parents stayed together. Put it on the fridge. And now we're going to have our shared story and we've got Kimberly back with another chapter from her lovely book. And welcome, Kimberly, back to the show. You're a regular. Well, we're going to finish your book soon. We'll have to get you to come back and come all the way around again. <laughs> so um, what's, what's the chapter today? And, and just remind anyone who hasn't met you before, uh, what is this book and why did you write it? Oh, the title of the book is uh, Family Redefined Childhood Reflections on the Impact of Divorce, where I interviewed uh, nine adult children of divorce and let them tell their stories so that parents going through this journey right now, which is extremely difficult, can get the perspective of the child instead of just how they're seeing the divorce. They can 
see what the impact is for their children. And it is far greater than we ever expected it to be. I myself am a divorced parent, so I was naive going in and that first year of the, you know, after the divorce was uh, traumatizing for my son. So I wanted to put something out there as a resource to help other divorcing parents to um, understand what their children are going through and hopefully help them through it better. And what's the chapter that you're going to talk about today, the story you're going to share? Well, the last time we spoke um, and it was uh, the chapter Katniss and she was the older sister of her and her brother. And they came from um, not only a divorced household, but their parents were abusive and um, they suffered abandonment issues. So this is Chris, her younger brother. And today he's in his 40s. He's successfully a successful entrepreneur, a very proud father and very happily married. Um, It is his third marriage, but he he is very happy now because he he discovered through those first two marriages that because of the example that his parents provided both to him and his sister, that he had no real idea of what love was or how to make a relationship work. So he, he is grateful. He learned how to make that happen. Um, and unfortunately the abandonment issues that he suffered from as a young child, caused him to be overly sensitive in regards to other people to the point where he would completely dismiss his own needs. So he dealt with that for quite a long time. Could you give an example of that? He gave me an example and and it's in the chapter where he said he, he was so concerned about everything and everybody else that even when it came to picking out clothes to go to school, he would make sure he gave each one of his shirts the same amount of wear that he didn't want to show a favoritism for his clothing because he was that sensitive to what he felt they they would get their feelings. Their feelings would be hurt. And there's actually... so I was going to say, what do you think that does that? Um, and I'm aware, I think, as most of us are, that children will often they are hypersensitive anyway. To they don't want to upset their parents, so they'll they won't tell them when they won't they can't share their own problems because they can see their parents are suffering, suffering, and they want to protect them. Was it an an, an example of that, or was something else at play here? It was mostly that. In fact, in the chapter. Um, I quote a study that was made by the Australian Institute of Family Studies where um, they discovered that children feel very considerable responsibility um, for the well-being of their loved ones. So parents have to always realize that what they're going through is, is being projected to their children to the point where some of them, you know, not, not all of them are as sensitive as Chris was, but some of them are, and they'll take on that responsibility and feel like it's up to them to make sure everything is as even as it can be as, you know, um, kind of play the peacemaker. And, and he was only six when his parents divorced. So he took on this role and, and he wasn't, you know, prepared for it. And it, it really affected him throughout his, his childhood and must have been he's, very he's difficult to have it. it must be very difficult to have boundaries in relationships or anything like that if you're always trying to please um do, exactly do, what's your from what you've learned from from this uh, either personally but also through the stories that you've in the books if any parents are thinking oh god i think that might be my child what would you say to them oh find support for them that is the key Chris was only allowed um, three months of uh, you know, counseling, but he said to this day, he still remembers that man's name because he had such an impact in his life because it was gave him a chance to voice what he felt and what he needed. So your children are just in desperate need of, of support from every direction you can provide them. First and foremost, it should come from you. you know, even if you can't give your best self to them, you, you have to still make sure they know you're present 
and then find, you know, professionals in the field that can help them as well. So if you provide them all of that help, it'll just make their journey through this difficult time the easier. Would you uh, agree that it's not a good idea for the parents to expect the children to tell them <laughs> how they're feeling? I mean, that's that they. It's really it's hard to accept, but you're in a position where, as a parent, you you cannot expect that of the children. They do need to get them outside help of some kind. Oh, most yeah. definitely, yeah. I mean, you as a parent should understand through your child's actions. You know, are they withdrawn or, or are they acting out? You know, it's it's not going to come verbally. They're not going to sit down and say, mother and father, this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> no, you're going to have to pick up on that. You know, it, your intuition as a parent will lead you to understand that your child is not that person that they were before all of this began. And when you see those signs and you also inform the schools, you know, it's mm -hmm. good to let the teachers know yeah. what's going on because then they can be also um, giving you the information of how they're behaving in school. And if it's a complete turnaround in whatever way, they're withdrawing or they're acting out or either, either one of those are signs that the child is in distress. So you wanna give them, it's just like taking them to the doctor if you know they're hurt or sick. Um, this is the same kind of um, help you want to provide them during this time because they are hurting and they are feeling bad so get them that help that's brilliant thank you so much uh, and uh, kimberly and i'll see we'll see you again soon okay bye. take care stevie thank you so much bye we're going to have a quick uh what i call the tile lucky dip um if you go to best way to divorce dot online uh us uk anywhere uh, it's only in english at the moment i'm afraid but hopefully that covers most of your needs and we have it's a free app best way to divorce app nothing quite like it that i can see online anywhere available on any phone but the one I wanted to point pick on today was two, actually, one's the divorce workshops. So we had a lovely workshop. Um, you wouldn't have thought it would be lovely being a divorce workshop, but actually it was great. And we ran that at the end of September, Divorcing a Difficult Spouse. Um, and now we're doing our divorcing uh, fi financial divorce financial workshop which is you don't it doesn't have to be a difficult spouse um it, it's actually particularly good if you're early stages and you want to find out all the different options and um and you in, the ticket includes complimentary sessions with uh, recommended experts and um, basically it will save you thousands of pounds and take a lot of stress out and help you understand what's going on so that's just for the uk i'm still working on the the us one the california one but i, I will get there but uh, there's only one of me and then three divorce three critical divorce facts is one of the tiles as well in there you can access this is oh, bashing things ever this one of the uh, is free and essentially it's three things that i find that most people even if they've been to a lawyer, they, they just don't know. They don't know about. And if they were stuck in a lift with me uh, for a few minutes, that it's what I would tell them. So go and have a look at that, if, especially if you're early stages or any stage and you're just thinking, what on earth is going on? How can I speed this up and stop it going all to pieces? now we're ready for our healing and we are going to have something lovely and special from Jen so Jen you, you're an intuitive energy healer so give give people a little flavor of what's coming for the next 10 minutes oh I don't seem to have you sorry that's my fault I think I turned you off instead of on there we go it's not you you don't touch anything <laughs> it's totally my fault <laughs> So okay. start, take two, take two. Okay, take two. Um, thanks very much. It's lovely to be here. And thanks for that lovely introduction. So yes, I'm an intuitive energy healer. And I'm going to work with you tonight with using the body code and the emotion code, which are my healing things. That's what I do. Um, and essentially what we do with the body code and the emotion code is we identify um, old, outdated, emotional baggage that you're carrying. In other words, feelings that you were unable to process at the time you experienced them. And we release them from you. We release them from your tissues and your organs and your being. Um, and so doing, we allow the body to heal. We allow the body space to heal. And we allow the emotions and the mental being to heal as well. 
That's what so I'm for in particular, I mean, obviously, it sounds like it'd be lovely for everybody, but who in particular would this be uh, kind of essential for, really? Well, look, I work with all sorts of people, um, you know, with all sorts of issues, fibromyalgia, all sorts, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, whatever. Um, but what I wanted to focus on tonight was I thought I would work on helping release from as many as possible in the time that I have anyone in this group um, release old emotional baggage that no longer serves you relevant to um, uh, relationships, old relationships that have that just don't serve you anymore. So whatever's in those, the, when you think about those relationships that don't serve you, what I'm hoping to do is pull out some of the stuff that you just don't need to carry anymore. Because they do tend to kind of hang around, don't they? <laughs> they don't just disappear. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm going to take uh, take let you take the floor now lovely thank you so much i'm just making a note of the time okay so the first thing i want to do is um i want to just say a statement to you and i'd like you to say it after me either in your in your head or out aloud so i'm going to say it in fragments please follow with me i now receive the energy healing sent to me by jen I use my intention and this healing to release, clear and heal anything that is blocking me from experiencing myself as the divine, powerful and lovable human being that I am. Right, so I'm going to place a shield of bright white shining light around you. I place a shield around you with love and the very best intentions. It allows positive energies freely in and out. It blocks all negative and offensive energies. Do you have a shield of bright white shining light around you? Yes, you do. Are you blocking all negative and offensive energies? Yes. Are you allowing positive energies freely in and out? Okay, I have a connection with you, yes. I have created a healing circle and I have a connection with this healing circle, yes. My yes is my swaying back and forward as I'm swaying now. So um, I have a connection with you in my healing circle, yes. All right, so now the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, to ask you, is there something I can release from you that will serve your highest good tonight? Yes, which is relevant to old, outdated, emotional relationship baggage that you no longer need, and I'm getting a yes on that. The first thing I'm going to release from you is a trapped emotion of effort unreceived. So how we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to put my hand in front of me like this with two fingers up, my left hand or my right hand, it doesn't matter. And with the other hand, I'm going to swipe on my fingers across the back of my hand from the tips of my fingers across the back of my hand to, to my wrist. And as I do this, I'm releasing from you effort unreceived. If you want to do this with me, please do. Feel empowered to do it with me if you would like to. If you don't want to, it absolutely doesn't matter. Okay, have we released effort unreceived? Yes, we have. Have we balanced your being? Yes. There's another trapped emotion, emotion that you trapped at a time when you were unable to process it because you were just overwhelmed and there was just too much stuff going on. This emotion is heartache. Do you have an, a trapped emotion of heartache? Yes, you do. Um, is it lodged in all of your organs? Yes, it's lodged in all of your organs. The reason for this is because we're working with a group and it's difficult for me to identify individually where um, this heartache is trapped, but it's, it's coming through as all of your organs. All right, is there more than one of these heartaches we can release? Yes, I'm getting a yes. Do I need to know more about this? No, I'm getting a no. I swear from left to right when that's a no. Um, can I release heartache from you? Yes, I can. Is there more than one I can release? Yes. Okay, let's release heartache now by swiping on the back of our hands. Don't worry, you can't do it wrong. Whatever you're doing is perfect for your experience. Remember that I'm managing this process and I'm doing it for you as well as you doing it with me. Have we released 
heartache yes we have okay there's another trapped emotion you want to release now it is insecurity yes uh, is there more than one insecurity yes can i release more than one yes do i need to know the numbers no do i need to know the details no can we release insecurity from you now yes love and the best intentions <laughs> release insecurity release as many as you will allow us to release have we released insecurity yes have we balanced your being yes okay there's something interesting coming up now i think this is possibly a morphic field have you got a morphic field that you want released yes lack of trust being betrayed okay there's a morphic field of being betrayed now a morphic field is like an energy field um, that we create in our sort of um, our sort of group consciousness and it's a way of being um, so what's happened with us in the group tonight is we have a morphic field of being betrayed yes I'm getting a yes on that causing you to be betrayed by others so this is an energy field we're going to release you from this energy field can we do that now do we need to know more about this? No, we don't. Can we do it now? Yes, we can. So with love and the very best intentions, we release you from this morphic field of being betrayed. We release you from this completely with love and the very best intentions from all levels, layers, types, ages and places in your being. We release being betrayed. I'm going to ask you now, may I connect you to a positive morphic field? Yes. So let's connect you to a positive morphic field. We're going to connect you to the morphic field of discovering the true nature of people. With love and the best intentions, I build this connection for you now. I connect you to discovering the true nature of people. Do you have a connection to the morphic field of discovering the true nature of people? Yes, you do. Do I need to do more on this? No. There's another trapped emotion we can release right now. It is anxiety. Um, do I need to know more about this? No. Uh, do I need to know any further details? No. This is a trapped emotion. Yes. Living in your tissues and your organs? Yes. Can I release anxiety? Yes. Can I release as many as possible? Yes. With love and the best intentions, we release anxiety from you. As we do, we bring balance to all parts of your being. Have we released anxiety? Yes. Have we balanced your being? Yes. There's another trapped emotion that's love unreceived. Do you have a trapped emotion of love unreceived? Yes, you do. Is there more than one of these that I'm able to release? Yes. Do I need to know the numbers? No. Do I need to know the ages? No. With love and the best intentions released from you, love unreceived. As we do, we bring balance to all parts of your being that have been affected by this. We release love unreceived now. Have we released love unreceived? Yes, we have. Have we balanced your being? Yes, we have. Okay, there's another one that we can release from you. It is crying. It's a trapped emotion of crying. Can I release crying from you now? Yes, is there more than one I can release? Yes, do I need to know the numbers? No. Do I need to know anything further? No. We release now with love and the best intentions, crying. We release it from all levels or layers or ages or times or places. We release crying now with love and the very best intentions. You may find yourself yawning or burping. You may feel sensations of getting stuck in your throat as we release these toxic energies. Um, if you do, it's quite normal. And just please allow yourself to release these and you don't have to do anything. Just, just be in the moment. Um, and just let them go okay so um, the one more one more okay anxiety trapped emotion of anxiety more than one yes need to know the numbers no need to know anything else about this no love and the best intentions release anxiety from you as we do we bring balance to all parts of your being release anxiety now Okay, I'm now going to check. Are you 100% committed to releasing the energies we identified? Yes, you are. I'm now going to balance and reset and open and align your chakras by striping over your main meridian with a magnet over the middle, the middle of my head as your proxy, as your representative. I balance, align, open your chakras and your meridians for easy energy flow. 
I set the intention with love that you process and release easily, safely, softly, joyously. How long is this going to take you to process? It's going to take you one, two days, three days, no, two days. It's going to take you two days to process this. Please be aware that you may bump into these emotions. You may bump into memories and echoes of these emotions in the two days that follow. If you do, it's completely and absolutely normal. Thank you so much for allowing me to serve you. I wish you well on your journey. And if you're wondering how that can work from afar, just remind yourself that we are all one. And on that basis, it makes absolute sense. I feel lovely now. So in the war of divorce, on the battlefield of family separation, make peace your weapon of choice. <laughs>